Matthew Henry's Commentary on the Whole Bible Genesis 38 This chapter gives us an account of Judah and his family, and such an account it is that one would wonder that, of all Jacob's sons, our Lord should spring out of Judah, Hebrews 7 verse 14. If we were to form a character of him by this story, we should not say, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise, chapter 49 verse 8. But God will show that his choice is of grace and not of merit, and that Christ came into the world to save sinners, even the chief, and is not ashamed, upon their repentance, to be allied to them, also that the worth and worthiness of Jesus Christ are personal, of himself, and not derived from his ancestors. Humbling himself to be made in the likeness of sinful flesh, he was pleased to descend from some that were infamous. How little reason had the Jews, who were so called from this Judah, to boast, as they did, that they were not born of fornication. John 8 verse 41. We have, in this chapter, 1. Judah's marriage and issue, and the untimely death of his two eldest sons, verses 1 to 11. 2. Judah's incest with his daughter-in-law Tamar, without his knowing it, verses 12 to 23. 3. His confusion when it was discovered, verses 24 to 26. 4. The birth of his twin sons, in whom his family was built up, verse 27, etc. Judah's profligacy, 1717 BC. 1 And it came to pass at that time, that Judah went down from his brethren, and turned into a certain Adullamite, whose name was Hira. 2 And Judah saw there a daughter of a certain Canaanite, whose name was Shua, and he took her, and went in unto her. 3 And she conceived, and bare a son, and he called his name Er. 4 And she conceived again, and bare a son, and she called his name Onan. 5 And she yet again conceived, and bare a son, and called his name Shelah, and he was a Chezeb, when she bare him. 6 And Judah took a wife for Er his firstborn, whose name was Tamar. 7 And Er, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord slew him. 8 And Judah said unto Onan, Go in unto thy brother's wife, and marry her, and raise up seed to thy brother. 9 And Onan knew that the seed should not be his, and it came to pass, pass, when he went in unto his brother's wife, that he spilled it on the ground, lest that he should give seed to his brother. 10 And the thing which he did displeased the Lord, wherefore he slew him also. 11 Then said Judah to Tamar his daughter-in-law, Remain a widow at thy father's house, till Shelah my son be grown, for he said, Lest peradventure he die also, as his brethren did. And Tamar went and dwelt in her father's house. Here is, 1. Judah's foolish friendship with a Canaanite man. He went down from his brethren, and withdrew for a time from their society, and his father's family, and got to be intimately acquainted with one Hira, an Adullamite, verse 1. It is computed that he was now not much above fifteen or sixteen years of age, an easy prey to the tempter. Note, when young people that have been well educated begin to change their company, they will soon change their manners, and lose their good education. Those that go down from their brethren, that despise and forsake the society of the seed of Israel, and pick up Canaanites for their companions, are going down the hill apace. It is of great consequence to young people to choose proper associates, for these they will imitate, study to recommend themselves to, and, by their opinion of them, value themselves, an error in this choice is often fatal. 2. 
His foolish marriage with a Canaanite woman, a match made, not by his father, who, it should seem, was not consulted, but by his new friend Hira, verse 2. Many have been drawn into marriages scandalous and pernicious to themselves and their families by keeping bad company, and growing familiar with bad people, one wicked league entangles men in another. Let young people be admonished by this to take their good parents for their best friends, and to be advised by them, and not by flatterers, who wheedle them, to make a prey of them. 3. His children by this Canaanite, and his disposal of them. Three sons he had by her, Er, Onan, and Shelah. It is probable that she embraced the worship of the God of Israel, at least in profession, but, for aught that appears, there was little of the fear of God in the family. Judah married too young, and very rashly, he also married his sons too young, when they had neither wit nor grace to govern themselves, and the consequences were very bad. 1. His firstborn, heir, was notoriously wicked, he was so in the sight of the Lord, that is, in defiance of God and his law, or if perhaps he was not wicked in the sight of the world, he was so in the sight of God, to whom all men's wickedness is open, and what came of it? Why, God cut him off presently, verse 7 The Lord slew him. Note, sometimes God makes quick work with sinners, and takes them away in his wrath, when they are but just setting out in a wicked course of life. 2. The next son, Onan, was, according to the ancient usage, married to the widow, to preserve the name of his deceased brother that died childless. Though God had taken away his life for his wickedness, yet they were solicitous to preserve his memory, and their disappointment therein, through Onan's sin, was a further punishment of his wickedness. The custom of marrying the brother's widow was afterwards made one of the laws of Moses, Deuteronomy 25 verse 5. Onan, though he consented to marry the widow, yet, to the great abuse of his own body, of the wife that he had married, and of the memory of his brother that was gone, he refused to raise up seed unto his brother, as he was in duty bound. This was so much the worse because the Messiah was to descend from Judah, and had he not been guilty of this wickedness, he might have had the honor of being one of his ancestors. Note, those sins that dishonor the body and defile it are very displeasing to God in evidences of vile affections. 3. Shelah, the third son, was reserved for the widow, verse 11, yet with a design that he should not marry so, so young as his brothers had done, lest he die also. Some think that Judah never intended to marry Shelah to Tamar, but unjustly suspected her to have been the death of her two former husbands, whereas it was their own wickedness that slew them and then sent her to her father's house, with a charge to remain a widow. If so, it was an inexcusable piece of prevarication that he was guilty of. However, Tamar acquiesced for the present and waited the issue. Twelve and in process of time the daughter of Shua Judah's wife died, and Judah was comforted, and went up unto his sheepshearers to Timnath, he and his friend Hira the Adullamite. 13 And it was told Tamar, saying, Behold thy father-in-law goeth up to Timnath to shear his sheep. 14 And she put her widow's garments off from her, and covered her with a veil, and wrapped herself, and sat in an open place, which is by the way to Timnath, for she saw that Shelah was grown, and she was not given unto him to wife. 15 When Judah saw her, he thought her to be an harlot, because she had covered her face. 16 And he turned unto her by the way, and said, Go to, I pray thee, let me come in unto thee, for he knew not that she was his daughter-in-law. And she said, What wilt thou give me, that thou mayest come in unto me? 17 And he said, I will send thee a kid from the flock. 
And she said, Wilt thou give me a pledge, till thou send it? 18 And he said, What pledge shall I give thee? And she said, Thy signet, and thy bracelets, and thy staff that is in thine hand. And he gave it her, and came in unto her, and she conceived by him. 19 And she arose, and went away, and laid by her veil from her, her, and put on the garments of her widowhood. 20 And Judah sent the kid by the hand of his friend the Adullamite, to receive his pledge from the woman's hand, but he found her not. 21 Then he asked the men of that place, saying, Where is the harlot, that was openly by the wayside? And they said, There was no harlot in this place. 22 And he returned to Judah and said, I cannot find her, and also the men of the place said, That there was no harlot in this place. 23 And Judah said, Let her take it to her, lest we be shamed, Behold, I sent this kid, and thou hast not found her. It is a very ill-favored story that is here told concerning Judah, one would not have expected such folly in Israel. Judah had buried his wife, and widowers have need to stand upon their guard with the utmost caution and resolution against all fleshly lusts. He was unjust to his daughter-in-law, either through negligence or design, in not giving her his surviving son, and this exposed her to temptation. 1. Tamar wickedly prostituted herself as a harlot to Judah, that, if the son might not, the father might raise up seed to the deceased. Some excuse this by suggesting that, though she was a Canaanite, yet she had embraced the true religion, and believed the promise made to Abraham and his seed, particularly that of the Messiah, who was to descend from the loins of Judah, and that she was therefore thus earnestly desirous to have a child by one of that family that she might have the honor, or at least stand fair for the honor, of being the mother of the Messiah. And, if this was indeed her desire, it had its success, she is one of the four women particularly named in the genealogy of Christ, Matthew 1 verse 3. Her sinful practice was pardoned, and her good intention was accepted, which magnifies the grace of God, but can by no means be admitted to justify or encourage the like. Bishop Patrick thinks it probable that she hoped Shella, who was by right her husband, might have come along with his father, and that he might have been a lord to her embraces. There was a great deal of plot and contrivance in Tamar's sin. 1. She took an opportunity for it, when Judah had a time of mirth and feasting with his sheep shearers. Note, time of jollity often prove times of temptation, particularly to the sin of uncleanness, when men are fed to the full, the reins are apt to be let loose. 2. She exposed herself as a harlot in an open place, verse 14. Those that are, and would be, chaste, must be keepers at home, Titus 2 verse 5. It should seem, it was the custom of harlots, in those times, to cover their faces, that, though they were not ashamed, yet they might seem to be so. The sin of uncleanness did not then go so barefaced as it does now. 2. Judah was taken in the snare, and though it was ignorantly that he was guilty of incest with his daughter-in-law, not knowing who she was, yet he was willfully guilty of fornication, whoever she was, he knew she was not his wife, and therefore not to be touched. Nor was his sin capable, in the least, of such a charitable excuse as some make for Tamar, that though the action was bad the intention possibly might be good. Observe, 1. Judah's sin began in the eye, verse 15 he saw her. Note, those have eyes and hearts too, full of adultery, as it is 2 Peter 2 verse 14, that catch at every bait that presents itself to them, and are as tinder to every spark. We have need to make a covenant with our eyes, and to turn them from beholding vanity, lest the eye infect the heart. 2. 
It added to the scandal that the hire of a harlot, than which nothing is more infamous, was demanded, offered, and accepted a kid from the flock, a goodly price at which her chastity and honor were valued. Nay, had the consideration been thousands of rams and ten thousand rivers of oil, it had not been a valuable consideration. The favor of God, the purity of the soul, the peace of conscience, and the hope of heaven, are too precious to be exposed to sale at any such, such rates, the topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal them, what are those profited that lose their souls to gain the world? 3. It turned to the reproach of Judah that he left his jewels in pawn for a kid. Note, fleshly lusts are not only brutish but sottish and ruining to men's secular interests. It is plain that whoredom, as well as wine and new wine, takes away the heart first, else it would never take away the signet and the bracelets. 3. He lost his jewels by the bargain, he sent the kid, according to this promise, to redeem his pawn, but the supposed harlot could not be found. He sent it by his friend, who was indeed his back friend, because he was aiding and abetting in his evil deeds, the Adullamite, who came back without the pledge. It is a good account, if it be but true, of any place which they here gave, there is no harlot in this place, for such sinners are the scandals and plagues of any place. Judah sits down content to lose his signet and his bracelets, and forbids his friend to make any further inquiry after them, giving this reason, lest we be shamed, verse 23. Either, 1. Lest his sin should come to be known publicly, and be talked of. Fornication and uncleanness have ever been looked upon as scandalous things, and the reproach and shame of those that are convicted of them. Nothing will make those blush that are not ashamed of these. 2. Lest he should be laughed at as a fool for trusting a strumpet with his signet and his bracelets. He expresses no concern about the sin, to get that pardoned, only about the shame, to prevent that. Note, there are many who are more solicitous to preserve their reputation with men than to secure the favor of God and a good conscience, lest we be shamed goes further with them than lest we be damned. Birth of Fares and Zara, 1714 B.C. 24 And it came to pass about three months after, that it was told Judah, saying, Tamar thy daughter-in-law hath played the harlot, and also, behold, she is with child by whoredom. And Judah said, Bring her forth, and let her be burnt. 25 When she was brought forth, she sent to her father-in-law, saying, By the man, whose these are, am I with child? And she said, Discern, I pray thee, whose are these, the signet, and bracelets, and staff? 26 And Judah acknowledged them, and said, She hath been more righteous than I, because that I gave her not to Shelah my son. And he knew her again no more. 27 And it came to pass in the time of her travail, that, behold, twins were in her womb. 28 And it came to pass, when she travailed, that the one, the one put out his hand, and the midwife took and bound upon his hand a scarlet thread, saying, This came out first. 29 And it came to pass, as he drew back his hand, that, behold, his brother came out, and she said, How hast thou broken forth? This breach be upon thee, therefore his name was called Pharez. 30 And afterward came out his brother, that had the scarlet thread upon his hand, and his name was called Zara. Here is, 1. Judah's rigor against Tamar, when he heard she was an adulteress. She was, in the eye of the law, Shelah's wife, and therefore her being with child by another was looked upon as an injury and reproach to Judah's family, bring her forth therefore, says Judah, the master of the family, and let her be burnt, not burnt to death, but burnt in the cheek or forehead, stigmatized for a harlot.
This seems probable, verse 24. Note, it is a common thing for men to be severe against those very sins in others in which yet they allow themselves, and so, in judging others, they condemn themselves, Romans 2 verse 1, Romans 14 verse 22. If he designed that she should be burnt to death, perhaps, under pretense of zeal against the sin, he was contriving how to get rid of his daughter-in-law, being loath to marry Shelah to her. Note, it is a common thing, but a very bad thing, to cover malice against men's persons with a show of zeal against their vices. 2. Judah's shame, when it was made to appear that he was the adulterer. She produced the ring and the bracelets in court, which justified the fathering of the child upon Judah, verses 25 and 26. Note, the wickedness that has been most secretly committed and most industriously concealed, yet sometimes is strangely brought to light, to the shame and confusion of those who have said, No I sees. A bird of the air may carry the voice however, there is a destroying day coming, when all will be laid open. Some of the Jewish writers observe that as Judah had said to his father, See, is this thy son's coat? Chapter 37 verse 32, So it was now said to him, See, are these thy signet and bracelets? Judah, being convicted by his own conscience, 1. Confesses his sin, she has been more righteous than I. He owns that a perpetual mark of infamy should be fastened rather upon him, who had been so much accessory to it. Note, those offenders ought to be treated with the greatest tenderness to whom we have any way given occasion of offending. If servants purloin, and their masters, by withholding from them what is due, tempt them to it, they ought to forgive them. 2. He never returned to it again, he knew her again no more. Note, those do not truly repent of their sins that do not forsake them. 3. The building up of Judah's family hereby, notwithstanding, in the birth of Perez and Zara, from whom descended the most considerable families of the illustrious tribe of Judah. It should seem, the birth was hard to the mother, by which she was corrected for her sin. The children also, like Jacob and Esau, struggled for the birthright, and Perez obtained it, who is ever named first, and from him Christ descended. He had his name from his breaking forth before his brother, this breach be upon thee, which is applicable to those that sow discord, and create distance, between brethren. The Jews, as Zara, bade fair for the birthright, and were marked with a scarlet thread, as those that came out first, but the Gentiles, like Perez, as a son of violence, got the start of them, by that violence which the kingdom of heaven suffers, and attained to the righteousness of which the Jews came short. Yet, when the fullness of time is come, all Israel shall be saved. Both these sons are named in the genealogy of our Savior, Matthew 1 verse 3, to perpetuate the story, as an instance of the humiliation of our Lord Jesus. Some observe that the four eldest sons of Jacob fell under very foul guilt, Reuben and Judah under the guilt of incest, Simeon and Levi under that of murder, yet they were patriarchs, and from Levi descended the priests, from Judah the kings and Messiah. Thus they became examples of repentance and monuments of pardoning mercy.